think about it like and I mean this is such a cliche but think about it like a like a soccer team uh, you can't have 11 strikers on the field you know what I mean you, you have to have a midfield you have to have defense you have to have the goalkeeper and you never well, hardly ever see the goalkeeper running up the field with the ball to try and to try and score goals because that's not his that's not his job You're going to struggle to find a lot of comedy businesses out there. You really are going to struggle to find it. And for us, you know, we just, we created something very cool, very sexy, and a template, I guess, for that a lot of people we feel are adopting. Because of the people I surrounded myself with, my friends that at the time, We'd always look out at different people and judge them immediately. Before we knew who they were, we judged them because they were different, because they were doing different things. And, you know, when I started comedy, I started mixing with these people that we'd always judge. And I realized that these are the happiest, the most successful people in the world. Are you seeking to broaden your horizons, to stay relevant and become future fit? Do you want to fuel your creativity and inspire innovation? Or are you simply looking to put the kapow back into your business? Then look no further. Join Carmen Murray, entrepreneur, innovator, and tech fundi with her big personality and presentation style as she interviews celebrities, alchemists, newsmakers, and business experts to discover the stories behind their success. The Carmen Murray Show will open your mind and help you turn knowledge into magic. Let knowledge be your superpower. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Future Fit Tribe, before we start today's episode, if you are looking for more inspiration, visit my column on bizcommunity.com where I unpack the burning marketing issues that businesses face today. You can sign up for our FutureFit Masterclasses at booyah.co.za to build connected customer experiences and also check out our other cool services. Last but not least, don't forget to book your tickets to our regular FutureFit networking events aimed at helping you surf the tsunami of change. The events bring fresh perspectives with tour de force speakers and thought leaders as we debate, learn, inspire, connect. Tickets always sell fast, so book today. All the links you need appear in the show notes of the episode or on the website. Now on with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Carmen Murray Show and oh my goodness, you are going to love today's show. But I am first going to hand over to my assistant. Alexa, can you yodel for us? Yo, yodeleo. <laughs> Guest, what do you think? I don't think that's yodeling. I think uh, Alexa has met a guy named Alex and they are doing bad things with microphones. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> okay, let's see if she... First of all, let's see if you can guess. Okay, next thing is, uh, Alexa, can you tell us a joke? Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. <laughs> <laughs> Can we okay. put Alexa back to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, what does Goliath mean? The noun life is usually defined as the condition that distinguishes organisms from inorganic objects and dead organisms, being manifested by growth through metabolism, reproduction, and the power of adaptation to environment through changes originating internally. The adjective life is usually defined as for or lasting a lifetime, 
lifelong. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds okay. like us. Lasting a lifetime. Like I heard reproduction and I heard, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Growing <laughs> organism. <laughs> hey. And good metabolism. Hey, listen. We've got the Goliath brothers in the studio today. We've got Jason, Donovan, and Nicholas. And they are going to slay us today. And we're going to talk a lot about collaboration. And you're going to learn a lot about their humble brags and all the good things that they're doing, but also how they actually collaborate. Now, before we start, are you ready for this? Yes. Standing by. Always. Okay. So, what I did was, I now and then, when I have people that I know who has a sense of humor, I like to go and see what the Urban Dictionary has to say. <laughs> so, I went in to go and see what does Goliath mean? Because they say, apparently, in your name, whatever's written in your name, it manifests itself. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Well, yep. I'm, I'm manifesting here. as we speak. I'm, I do apologize. This is not meant for sensitive listeners. Sorry, mom. A Goliath is an abnormally large penis. <laughs> <laughs> it usually hangs on beings with luscious black locks and dew curls who are wrapped. And did you say dew curls? Dew curls. Oh. Okay. <laughs> black locks on... So a black okay. Jewish guy with a monster... <laughs> Penis. Yeah. Pramitzva. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so that is what Urban Dictionary defines it. So I, I don't want to know if it's true or not, but that is it. Okay, so let's go around the room. I think, um, Jason, let's start with you. And if you were at a party, how would you introduce yourself? What is, apart from just being a comedian, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, generally at parties nowadays, I don't need to introduce myself. That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, in, in fact, at parties, I just like to say I'm Jason. And, and generally when I'm not on stage and at a, at a social thing, I'd, I'd prefer if people don't know what I do. And it's, it's always refreshing if people don't know who I am. So I'd normally just go, I'm Jason and wait for people to figure it out. Love it. Um, yeah, I don't go to parties. I'm old now. I'm nice. in my late 30s. Mm. <laughs> oh, tell them why. Yes, it was my birthday quite recently. Thank you very much. <laughs> and this is how I go. I'm, I'm speaking like this from now on. Yeah, I'm the same. And I don't think I, I've ever gone and introduced myself as, hi, I'm Donovan Goliath, you know, name and surname. Um, you know, I'm just like, hey, how are you, Donovan? You know, and eventually we'll get there. But, uh, you know, when people ask me what I do, I mention, you know, um, you know, I'm part of a team, Goliath and Goliath. You know, we run a comedy club and eventually we'll probably get to like, yeah, you know, we do comedy or I do comedy. I do this. I do that. But yeah, just kind of talk about the team first, because I feel like it's always a good um, talking point, talking point for people. I love that. I, I normally so try to going? introduce him. Uh, oh, 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 oh. So, so I normally go, hey, ladies and gentlemen, please meet Donald. I, I don't, call him don't, Donald don't listen to this. And don't I think that I everyone this. in the world should call him Donald. Because <laughs> he looks like a Donald. He's got like Donald features. Nope. You know what I mean? He just looks nope. like a, you're more a Donald. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> At least you've got a beard. If you had a little bit of a little like a, like a troll thing going on your head, then it would not be good for you. No. The beard no. is what makes the accountant in him feel like a real man. You said he's got accountant. Donald is Damn. an accountant. Wow. You can Are see. A-type personality. Am I? Oh, do you have an A-type personality? Define A-type. I don't know. I also I don't have an A-type of personality. Like numbers. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. The opposite. He's the opposite. Okay. I just, a bug just flew into my mouth. You Out of this microphone. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Okay, Nicholas, 
Go yeah, for it. I think I'm, I know it's going to sound weird, but I'm pretty much the same, eh? I also, yeah, I wear, I'm Nick. Where's the bar? That's generally my... <laughs> nice. And then if, if they know where the bar is, that generally means we're going to be good friends for the evening. Uh, Only for the evening. Yeah. So well, you're like I a one-night stand kind of guy. Is no, I'm a married man thing? kind of guy. Oh! So I'm like, um, yeah, it's definitely a one-night stand. I'm not going to see you again. No. Oh. Not, not, not a one-night No. Damn, you see, man. night came out. Night came out like it it's going to be a one-night stand. It worked out. It didn't, I didn't mean... I meant like... I'm, ah, baby, I love you. Just that's... <laughs> That's all you need to know. You know that my English sometimes fails me. Oh, excuses, excuses. Okay, well, now that we know a little bit more about you, so I actually serve on, on a few um, committees and councils, and and then I also, the, the Direct Marketing Association, I saw Jason and Donovan performing. You were hosting the event. Yeah, the ASA guys. The ASA guys, mm. DMA, yeah. Yep. And yes, I've never laughed so much in my life. I was disappointed that I wasn't called on stage. To come and fetch an award, but that is okay. Because you just won the biggest award. We're here. Yeah, you know exactly. (laughs) I must say that's true. That's true. So um, I would like to dig in a little bit more about this whole thing about running a family business. I'm going to give you perspective. One of the biggest buzzwords currently in the business arena is collaboration and co-creation and doing work together and. Um, we actually had Kimberly Stark on one of our shows recently where we were going in about this whole thing that happened with Ubuntu Baba and Woolworths, mm. you know, that whole scenario. And this fear that we have to co-create and, and to collaborate together because we're scared somebody's going to steal our ideas and so forth. So you're kind of like in this perfect world because, you know, you're like the Kardashian version of <laughs> of mm. collaboration mm. in South Africa You've because you're family. you seen me in a swimsuit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you, can, if you can twerk, then that's good, eh? Um, but what I'm trying to get across is that collaboration is something that people can't easily do. Diversity, inclusion, we see this all the time. And I wanted us to try and unpack that and see how do you make this work um, as family? Because they say don't go into business with family because it's the worst mistake of your life. So let's start with that. And maybe, Nicholas, you can take us into that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I always say people, people often ask us this and how does it work? And, you know, because you shouldn't go into business with family because, and, and my personal view is that the problem with going into business with family is that because you know them so well, everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody wants, nobody wants to be told what to do because now it's not your boss telling you what to do. It's your sister-in-law or someone, um, which then causes animosity and people end up fighting. I think the reason we work is that nobody's the boss here we have we have our roles we know what we need to do and we do what we need to do to get the job done um don is our creative jay is our guy that goes and sits in boardrooms and makes deals i'm the the on the on the ground guy i do all the the booking of lineups the making sure the club's running kate is our kate's the boss actually if we're honest yeah, um, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's give her a round of applause yes let's yeah, give yeah, kate, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes kate. <laughs> Kate's the main boss because I, I also always say like without Kate, we are just three random guys. We're not, we're not a, a business. Um, and the reason we work is when each, each step of the way, I know I've got to do my work because Jason's put in the work in the boardroom to get us the deal. Don has created the poster. Kate has made all the meeting requests and made sure we all arrive and do all the right things and everybody's in the right space. So if I don't make sure we have a great gig, 
all of their work was done for nothing. They've wasted their time. They might as well have stayed at home. Um, and I think we all sort of have that same mentality that it's not, it's not about whether who's the best or who's the boss or who thinks who the boss is. We don't care about that. All that matters is that we work as a business and we put out the best product at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's why we work. Well yeah, said. I, I always look at it as, and just to echo what what Nick is saying, like whether you're working with family or just in a team or you're collaborating with different businesses, I think that that role definition is is often something that is that is left out. And role definition is is so important in a in a collaboration because for for us, uh, the reason we work is we've got a common objective. So everybody wants the business to do well. We're all very clear on what that looks like and what that means to the business, and then we break it down into okay, cool. So what role do you play in the in the big picture and as long as the big picture stays the same and we all have the common goal and everybody understands so think about it like and I mean this is such a cliche but think about it like a like a soccer team uh, you can't have 11 strikers on the field you know what I mean you, you have to have a midfield you have to have defense you have to have the goalkeeper and you never well, hardly ever see the goalkeeper running up the field with the ball to try and to try and score goals because that's not his that's not his job his job is to defend the goal get the ball get the ball out so he's clearing the ball out but he stays he stays in goal and within our within our business we've found a beautiful way uh, to stay in goal it helps that I don't want to do the design uh, it helps that <laughs> And I don't want I don't to do that in the boardroom. You know what I mean? So it, it also helps that, that, that we've kind of, uh, not only assigned the roles, but the roles play to everybody's strength within the team. So we're not having a, a striker in the goal, uh, as his duty because he's going to hate it and not be, and not be great at it. So we've kind of split it up and then we've got, we've got a kind of a little, a little team that we've built to fill the gaps and it works beautifully well. I love that. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's very interesting. This, um, Collaboration, like you say, has been a buzzword now for a while. I was at uh, Design in Daba in 2011, 2012. And since then, every Design in Daba talk has been about um, collabor- not just collaboration, but like two very unlikely sources, you know, say, a, I don't know, a fashion designer and a musician coming together to create something new. And that's what's happened, especially with uh, the rise of social media. You know, people have just created their own, um, you know, titles. There are titles that are going to be invented that don't exist now. In the next 10 years, there are going to be 100 new titles of jobs that that just have appeared out of nowhere. And the beauty about that, something I saw Dion Chang talk about is uh, we did the exact same thing. You know, if you take comedy and you take business, for example, those two things never really make sense. You know, people, when the, the, the idea of comedy is, you know, people go on stage, they uh, play the fool, they laugh, they move on. Nobody ever talks about the money side of things and how all of this came together. So the process is never really something that's discussed. People only ever see the end product. So I think taking it one step further, apart from the col- collaboration within the team, I think the the idea of collaborating, bringing together two very, very unlikely, you know, fields, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like comedy and I guess business, um, you know, with us, you know, we have marketing and design. So every facet that makes a business work and bringing that together and trying to find ways to make every single lane, you know, head towards the same direction was powerful for us. And, you know, uh, like the guys were saying, I think our personalities obviously, you know, play a role in all of this in making it work, which is, I guess, our lanes. Um, and the fact that um, everybody has been assigned a very specific role and you have to be very good at that role um, 
but before you can be very good at that role, you also have to know what the destination is, you know, and I think we're very clear on what the destination is. And it's a constantly a moving target for us because I think we always build a lot of roadblocks for ourselves as well that we try and get through and get past. So I don't think there would be a Goliath and Goliath, you know, if we, if we didn't believe in collaboration, if collaboration wasn't our, you know, backbone. Um, it'd be very difficult for all of us to do this on our own. You know, you really need to get put together a team that has one common purpose to make it work and make it get to get to that place but i think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for creating and establishing something that you're going to struggle to find a lot of comedy businesses out there you really are going to struggle to find it and for us you know we just we created something very cool very sexy and a template i guess for that a lot of people we feel are adopting and you know people coming together and going you know it's you really can't do this thing on your own if you want to move forward and be super successful so um yeah that's my little I, take I, on I, collaboration. I know, not, I know we're not giving you a, you a chance to speak. I don't care. It's I just, about me. This I, is not you. I, I, so I just want to say that. So, so I'm always, I'm always just trying to think, like you know, what what people are hearing at the end of this, and perhaps what their situations are, and and I never ever want to make it sound easy because it's not, it's not easy. So true. Oh, no. And and one of the big reasons we work, and I think that that one of the reasons, if you if you are going to start a business with with family members, is the relationship has got to be sound and the relationship has got to be protected. So with us, there's a real love amongst, you know, like I, I can't explain, like these are, these are not only my business partners, but they're my best friends. So we don't only work together, but we socialize together. So these are, these are, you know, if, if you see, if you see me out, it's with either both of them uh, or one of them. And literally we roll everywhere together. So, a, we love each other to the point that I want to see Don do well. I want to see Nick do well. A win for Nick becomes a win for me. A win for Don becomes a win for me. And therefore, a win for any of us becomes a win for all of us. And we always motivating each other, coaching each other. And, and one of the advantages we have, like on, on stage, for example, is between the three of us, we've got enough constructive criticism here to, to form shows a lot quicker than, than anybody else. But we always separate the business and the personal. So we can have a heated mm. discussion because it's business. Things get heated. Things go wrong. We can have a heated discussion in the afternoon in the office, uh, because some, you know, something's fallen. Something hasn't, something hasn't done, done, you know, what it was supposed to do and have dinner that evening and uh, walk into dinner as if nothing had happened that day because it's, 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 it's weird, but yeah. it, we are able to absolutely separate, uh, the business and the personal. So somebody once said to me, think about it like your fridge. You know, you got to keep your emotions and your hands and sense in separate drawers. You don't put your onions and your apples in the same drawer in the fridge. So you got to, you got to keep them separate. And and that's something that somehow I think, and I think that it's it's because we honestly love each other um, that we've been able to protect the personal relationships and keep them absolutely separately all the way or separate all the way. You know what I love about this is it almost reminds me of Mark Wahlberg, um, the entourage. I don't yeah. know. Have you guys watched oh, it? Oh, yeah. It's like uh, Sex in the City, but the boys version. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, but, it's, but, it's, but it's so cool. And one of the things is I was watching their reality TV show and there was something, because they're all in business together yeah, as well. Yeah. And the friends mm. and, the, and the brothers and, and it's quite incredible. And the one brother that used to be, what is that? Uh, that band, the band. Donnie, is it Donnie Wahlberg? Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Oh. You see, here comes the A-type action. Well, Donnie, <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg, Donnie knows Donnie, yeah. Uh, but they are so funny. But he said something so profound, and I actually use it in my business presentations. He was talking about the L factor in their business, and the L factor is about listen, learn, and love. That's, That's how they apply it in their yeah. business. And I think it's so important. We all need to apply this in our businesses, but also in our, in our family lives. Um, you know, Donovan, you were talking about something that I, I, I've learned 
through interviewing quite a few of, um, comedians is that funny is a serious business. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. don't think people, people see the, the end product on stage. Mm. But, you know, look at Kevin Hart, for example. He said something on his social media or in, in a conversation 10 oh. years ago, comes and hunts him down. He's brilliant on stage. He's evolved as a human being and it comes back and it hits you. So you are always exposing yourselves on stage with the current culture and what's happening in the culture now, but it might not be acceptable 10 years from now. So, so how do you, <laughs> it's a, it's probably a very deep question, but I mean, um, it requires of you to be tech fit, train fit, yeah. culture fit, all of those things. So how do you take that in consideration? Hmm. It's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 look, you know, it's, 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 it, humans have a natural, uh, trait. You know, I think every single human being is born to if somebody starts doing really well in something there's a little voice inside of you that goes you know it doesn't i mean we can we can all hate i mean love everybody like all our friends whoever it is that's being really successful there's a small part of you inside that just goes damn it yeah. <laughs> uh, there must be something wrong with them come on you know there must be something wrong then there are a few people out there who actually take it a lot further and go and dig, you know, to try and take you down because they just can't deal with, with, with all of this. There's no way that you can be so successful and take everything on. And, you know, I, I, I just think that Tatsun Gonzo, a comedian, he put out a great tweet yesterday when somebody said that, you know, you're so underrated um, as a comedian. You're so funny and it's, I just wish the world knew more about you. And he said something so wonderful, which I think is, is it, it, it lends itself to what you're saying. And he said that, you know, before you get super famous, you should relish in the moment when it's just you, you know, because once you go over the wall, you belong to them. And that's when the trouble starts wow. because they dictate and decide which way you're going. You know, that's why Trevor, same thing, you know, when Trevor was appointed as daily show host, they went and found tweets from a long time ago, which back then, you know, it wasn't something you would never, you would, you would have scrolled right past it. But now as the daily show host, we need to put something on him because we have to find something to hate about him. And it just happens all the time. And I think that's the, the gift and the curse of social media is that we need it. We need to put ourselves out there as much as we can, you know, especially in our business. But every single time you take your phone out and you start typing something, um, you know, there are billions of people in this world, somebody is going to be affected and disagree with what you're saying and you mm -hmm. actually have to be prepared for that. Um, I think in Kevin's case, I completely agree that, you know, what he said was was completely out of line, but to pull it out at that point, because I'm sure they were holding on to that for a while, yeah. you know, to pull it out at that point and to cause that major controversy. I mean, Liam Neeson is in trouble right now exactly. with his new movie, you know, and... You know, there, there are two sides to that tale where people are going, yeah, but why would he, if he was holding on to this for so long, why would he openly talk about it? What, mm. what was it? What did he think the reaction mm. was going to be? And for him, he goes, it's been bothering me. And I had to talk about it. I don't know if you guys saw that thing that Liam mm. Neeson did, no. but he, uh, did he take something he wasn't supposed to? No, no. <laughs> funny. <laughs> he, um, he admitted that a friend of his got raped a very long time ago. Yeah. And she identified this guy as a black guy. And his first thought was, I want to go out now and kill anybody who's black. And he admitted that. So the world goes, you are a murderous racist. They don't listen to anything. They, they defined him in take, two words. And that yeah. was it, you know? So it's gone. Like his red carpet event for his new movie, cancelled. Like, I don't think anybody's going to go and see the new film, you know? So there are two sides to it now where people are going, don't you, don't you respect him? 
you know, for putting that stuff out there and just admitting so he can get it off his chest and others are going, no, we don't actually. It's so interesting. I mean, um, we had a, a, I don't know if you know, Timothy Maurice Webster. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had him on the show a while ago and he were talking about this unconscious bias. And within 10 seconds, people make a decision about you and Absolutely. there's nothing you can do to change it. The unconscious uh, bias that yeah. happens. And these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. South and, Africans, and, I think we suffer more than, more than most in the world with an unconscious bias. Yeah. And I mean, like if you stuff up, not, it's not necessarily stuff up. We, we all, I mean, the, the good part about us, because I'm assuming we're all the same age, I hope we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. definitely. More you better, better say this right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that we didn't grow up with social media. So what we did when we were fooling around as, as kids and stuff is not on the internet. Yeah. But I feel sorry for comedians specifically um, because you guys have a big responsibility to reflect the culture and what's happening in our culture. Yeah, but mm. I, I think that there's, like for me, I, you know, we, we also have to look at the facts. It doesn't matter when Kevin posted the tweets. The, those tweets were, mm. I'm just like, somebody needs to be a, a, accountable. And I think what social media has done for people in the public eye is it's made us accountable. Um, so you can't just say things on stage, on social media. Yeah. And there are lines. So, I mean, we'd love to exist in a perfect world where no no topics were off the table. And there are comedians that have worked hard enough to be able to speak about anything. Mm. So, you, I mean, you go and watch a guy called Jim Jeffries, for example, yeah. uh, who the last time I watched him live opened his show with, so they say rape isn't funny. Well, let's test that. And then did 15 minutes on rape and Bill Cosby. And I have to say that it was hilarious. The audience were in, were in stitches, but that was because of his perspective. So he wasn't pro-rape, obviously. Mm. But he spoke about, he spoke about Bill Cosby. He spoke about, uh, you know, what the, what the impacts were, what the craziness was with, within the media. Um, and, and from a contextual point of view, the thing that I realized is I could never do a joke like that. I, I, and, and A, for me, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute no, no. It's a topic mm. that is absolutely off the table. But for another comedian, it is. And Jim Jeffries has worked hard to be able to get to a point where people trust him. So instead of just hearing the word rape, they listen to the context before making a, making a decision. And I think that that's the problem with platforms like Twitter, where in short form, uh, Liam Neeson's entire almost chivalrous story. And, and I, I'm, I'm almost going to say that I think a lot of us have felt that, that type of anger, maybe not directed the way, you know, Liam Neeson did, but at, at some point angry with everybody of a certain type. Uh, I've, I've felt that towards Johannesburg Metro Police Department. Um, <laughs> Uh, a few times, but instead of, instead of looking at the, at the whole picture, uh, as Don said, people really revel in either celebrating you, um, or chanting for your death. You know what I mean? So it's, so it's either Eddie putting Eddie him on a pedestal yeah. off with his head, but either way, the internet, uh, wants the full drama. There's very little in the middle. Yeah. And, and Nicholas, what would you have to say about that? You know, the thing for me is like, it's, it's, I always just think of my dad always says, um, you can please some of the people some of the time, but never all of the people mm. all of the time. And I agree with Jay. There are, there are certain topics that, that are uh, for me and for us are completely off the table. But like he says, you know, f for some comedians, it works. And the, uh, I say, for me, the most important thing about your comedy is your setup. If it's explained correctly to an audience and there's no malicious intent behind the thing, you can find something funny in any situation. I always say like the, the problem with comedians is that it doesn't matter what information you give to us. Our immediate reaction, the way we deal with information is to find the funny. So you can tell us that you had a car accident. You can tell us that somebody died. You can tell, it doesn't matter what you give us. And it's not, it's not that we're trying to take away from the, the importance of the thing. That's just how we deal. That's just how my mind works. Yeah. yeah. My mind just immediately 
goes to how do I make this funny? Um, Where's the punchline? Yeah, because if I don't, then I'm going to end up crying because South Africa is a crazy place and the world is a crazy place. Um, I, I personally, I hate social media. Um, I hate the fact that I have to be on social media uh, because of the industry that I'm uh, in. Because my problem with social media is it doesn't matter what you put out. People find the negative. You put out something positive. I think about Don, who posted a, a video of himself and, and a white lady speaking closer at an event <laughs> years ago. They were having a conversation because they both speak closer. And it was a beautiful thing to see and to watch. And people's reactions immediately were, how can you put this up? Why must we be impressed with this white woman that's speaking closer? And, you know, the thing is that they don't see the whole picture. They don't see everything, the positivity, the beauty in it, the fact that we're trying to, to build this nation, have a collaborative nation, but every, at every turn, we want to push people away and say, no, this is ours. You can't do this. No, this. And that's what I find on social media is that anything you put out, somehow, some way, it's going to be twisted and they're going to pull out the negatives. They're going to go and find the tweet that you put out 10 years ago when you were a completely different person. 10 years ago, I was, I was, you didn't, you would not want me in the studio. I can guarantee you. <laughs> I can guarantee you. When you saw me, when you saw me at the gate 10 years ago, you phoned Epcan to say there's a, a dodgy character at the gate. Please can you send the car around? You know, so yeah, exactly. So 10 years ago, I was a completely different person. I was fighting people in the streets for unknown random reasons. Like I was, I was a crazy, I was the standard definition of, of what people, the, the stereotype of a color that they always say. I, I was that guy. I Gangster. lived up. I was thug as like you locked your car door when I was walking past you. And and now Still I'm do. a completely different person. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Well, Donovan doesn't seem to agree. No, like, no yeah. I'm laughing at Jason. Jason goes, oh, we still do. We still, yeah. we still lock up. No, no, no. Look, also, also, I haven't changed, so don't take me like that. Uh, he's the softest of the three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the yeah. softy. Always you know? ready to cry. Always. That's true. And that's why I always go for the joke, because if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. So... But the thing is, 10 years ago, I was a different person. When, and I agree that there, there's a level of accountability that, that has to be maintained. If you say something, if you, if you do something ridiculous, you've got to be held accountable. But also at the same time, my wife and I were discussing this and we were saying, people change. Like 10 years ago, I, I hated, so not hated, but because of the people I surrounded myself with, my friends that at the time, We'd always look out at different people and judge them immediately before we knew who they were. We judged them because they were different, because they were doing different things. And, you know, when I started comedy, I started mixing with these people that we'd always judge. Mm -hmm. And I realized that these are the happiest, the most successful people in the world. And I've changed my perception of the world. Like Mm -hmm. I look at people completely differently because my situation has changed. And yeah, I might have said things, yes, lucky, like you say, things we did many years ago are not on Twitter and Instagram and we don't have all of those problems. But I mean, people can come out and say, oh, I had a conversation with Nicholas in 1996. <laughs> oh my God, you won't believe what you're saying. <laughs> he is such a racist. And I'm like, you can't, you can't hold me accountable for, for things that I said when I had, I was a completely different person. Oh, you, you know, like, well I, 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 well said. Well said. Yeah. I totally agree. And, you know, um, yesterday I went to go and see a, uh, a play, uh, Nina Simone for women. Mm. It gives you a very interesting perspective about the civil rights movement and it's, it's very, very good. And one thing that resonated with me is if we have to lift all of our thumbs up in this room, yeah. each one of us have a different DNA. We mm-hmm. are all made 
to stand out and to be different. Yeah. But the paradox in that is that society doesn't allow us to embrace each other's differences. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Rosa example is, is, is a great example, um, you know, specifically uh, around that. Tell me, uh, one thing that I'm particularly interested in is you, you mentioned, okay, obviously you don't always agree on, on everything. So say for example, a brief comes in and says, okay, we want you to play in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, who decides who goes for the audition do you all go for the audition? Do you have a feud about it? How does that process work? So the, the process works where, and like I said, our business works because we we trust each other and we don't compete with each other. We have a, a I think, a natural, healthy competitiveness on stage, which which is which is great and works for us. But a win for one is a win for all. So in Kate, we trust. So briefs come in, we don't see the brief. Everybody, so if you wanna, if you wanna book us, deal with us, you have to go through Kate. And the reason for that is, is other than just keeping the diary tidy and making sure there's no kind of crossover and, and double bookings, um, Kate has an intimate understanding, A, of where we are, B, what the diary is, C, what the direction we're moving in, so what the plan actually is, and then she'll make the decision. Often she'll offer all three of us and allow the casting director to to decide if the role is fitting for all three of us. Mm-hmm. But because we are so different, it's very seldom that you know maybe voiceover work we'd probably. But but because we have a a very different look, very different personalities, mm-hmm. it's actually very seldom that uh, we'd be you know kind of butting heads for the for the same job from a like a. Hosting in an MC point of view, you know, we, we can then mix it up. So then it also just becomes budget dependent. Sometimes you can afford all three. Sometimes you can afford two of the three. Sometimes you can only afford, you can only afford one there. And, and it's, but, but in Kate, we trust. So we never ever, we never ever question. And Kate doesn't have the conversation with us. Kate makes the decision. We huh. trust the decision. Um, and it works that way. See, that's the thing is trust is the currency of the 21st Absolute century. Yep. And it's also the, the trust, the trust is the currency of collaboration. It's, it's, if, Ooh, there's no, if there's no trust, yeah. what are you doing? Exactly. There's, there's so many gigs that, that I see in my diary and I have no idea how much I'm getting paid, what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I, I don't question. Kate will phone me and say, cool, you need to be here. This is what you need to do. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And I'll go and I'll do the thing. And after it's done, I'll find out, okay, cool. This is what the client's paid. This is how much you're going to get out of the thing. Um, because I know that Kate's got my best interest at heart. Um, I know that she's not going to send me somewhere that's going to make me uncomfortable or is going to make the client uncomfortable or something that, that that's not suited for me. She's going to send Don, if it's a creative thing, she's going to send Donovan yeah. because he's our creative guy and he understands the thing. Um, and also, I can never play the light-skinned, colored guy sitting outside the coffee shop. <laughs> like, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. She's like sis, the sis momager. Yeah, she's yeah. Well, the, it's, exactly it's, the it's weird because my my mom is Kate's assistant, so she she insists on being called the momager. Oh um, my god, it's like getting bigger and so bigger. No, no, it's a yeah. pro- <laughs> no, it's a proper family business. There's a lot going on in the back end, but but I love the fact that you don't stand in each other's shadows. That you own have have your each one of you have your own. Unique personality. It's but, that, that Chinese human ladder, you know, where they, they start with, <laughs> with two guys on the a guy on the bottom, then a guy on the shoulders, then the other guy, then Love the guy it. from the bottom gets pulled up to the top, and eventually he's on top. And that's exactly what it is. So if we if we're competing, we're only going to go three stories. But because we're together, it's infinite. We just we just keep helping sure. the next one up and the next one up, and, and and you know, it's like a little relay that we've got going, and it works. Hmm. That's, that's, that's why clear. this um, this T-shirt is such an interesting thing. You know, people look at it and they want to they want to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, a big part of wearing this t-shirt is that um when you wear it you you go out there and you do your thing 
But at the end of the day, whatever you do, you represent yeah. the squad, you represent the brand, you know, which forces everybody to go 120% all the time because they won't just say Nicholas, they'll say Nicholas from Goliath mm. and Goliath, mm. you know. So we all have a responsibility then to uphold what this stands for sure. and what this logo is all about. And you see, this is what makes you different. You take your brand very seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that have a brand, but they really don't have a brand or have a yep. brand promise mm. and have, yeah. you know, w- what direction they need to go. Like one thing I wanted, to, because I get the feeling that you guys are future fit. Well, quarter two. But we're all in the journey getting we there. Learn. Yeah. We yeah. learn. We learn fast. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> because you see, change is embedded in everything that you do. Yeah. And that is part of being future fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other day we had um, Brandon Williams, part of Dion Chang's team. So we have an episode with them um, that comes out every week, which is called Trend Fit. Yeah. And they give us like snacks of what's on, on the horizon. And they were talking about like, um, Brandon was talking about something very interesting about the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and the Me Three movement. What's Me Three? Mm. So Me Three is, um, she says, like it should be defined as Me Three is organizations and businesses taking our data without our consent. Yeah. Mm. And now we're moving into an era where, I mean, I was at a conference once where they showed us, they had access to the API for building apps and stuff like that. And they could go into anybody's profile um, to, to do what they needed to do. And somebody went into a profile of one of the girls acting strange they keep on saying she's in love with this guy that that she's working with Mm. and she denies and she's miserable to him the whole time they managed to collect like 12 pages of data on her every time she stalks on these pictures she only likes the pictures by men that's posted by men any beautiful girl she doesn't like it the messages that she types and then she scrolls back and she doesn't send it and then she deletes it where she stalks, when she stalks, how she does it. Now, if you think about that, I mean, I, I've, I, I've never gone in the back end to see how that works, but I mean, it was explained roughly like that and it was very scary. But the thing for me is, is that people can know so much about you without you giving consent Absolutely. to yeah. that. And the thing is, is like being conscious is probably one of the most important things as we're moving into this new, this mm. new era. Yeah. How are you applying that? Because now you can pull data on people and you can actually see a trend happening and say, oh, let's talk about this because everybody's searching for this particular to- um, topic. Yeah. But is it necessarily the right thing to do? Well, we've had positive and negative. So, so I don't know if you know this, but our, our business got hacked um, uh, oh. last year, and we we lost like three hundred grand in seven <gasps> days. Um, How? And essentially, somebody logged into the business backend, which was our our email system, and were intercepting emails between the business and our and our clients. So, what would happen is Kate <gasps> would send out an invoice. Um, they would intercept the invoice, change the banking details on the PDF. And then nag clients to pay, but block the emails coming back. So the emails from the client would be going straight to them and they'd be acting as Kate from our office. So you'd receive an invoice from Goliath and Goliath and two hours later and every two hours thereafter, you'd get a mail going, pay us, pay us, pay us. And by the time we, we, we figured it out, clients had, had paid out just, just under 300,000 rand. <gasps> So it was a big deal and, and we kind of made the news, but it, it, it definitely woke us up to the vulnerability of this new tech savvy, tech savvy age. From a data point of view, I've got to be, I've got to be honest. We don't do as much as we, as we should. And I think that we are getting better. I, I went to a, it was weird. It was a comedy conference in Hungary 
And um, there's a guy that runs a couple of comedy clubs who are a very similar business to ours. His business is probably 10 years older than our business. But he uses the data to a point that you can't imagine. So he's, he's got a, he's got two clubs in the same building and they are sold out three months in advance, seven nights a week. And I was like, how? This is, you know, this is not possible. And he said, well, he mines every little bit of data. So he says when he, when he advertises on a poster, he'll only use specific colors because he knows that comedian's followers are, are generally, re, you know, react better to a poster that looks like that from a social media point of view. Mm. He then will have a special menu based on the comedian. He then understands that that comedian has a fan base wow. that stretches 20 kilometers um, outside so you've got to market it in a in a very different way so he's using the data um, not only to define his menu to define his lineups but also critically to define his marketing and PR strategy so you know when I look at at his business and the fact that uh, he was literally only working the numbers. So that's, that's all he did. He did, he collated lots and lots of, lots and lots of data. They have an app, um, as well. And as you said, apps collect data very often. So if you don't check your permissions properly and you don't understand what the, 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 uh, what do they, what do they, what does, what does Facebook always say? You must check your, your, what is that security thing? Your privacy yeah, your privacy settings. So if you don't if you don't check your privacy settings, for example, uh, the world can have a lot of access. At the moment, uh, I'd say ninety percent of our advertising happens on social media. So we use their algorithms. We essentially just tell Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, what type of people we're looking for, what the radiuses are, what type of interests we believe those people would have, and they use that information to kind of market. So if you see a Goliath Comedy Club ad pop up on your on your feed, that's because you fall in the category of what we believe would be our target market based on our experience with social media. Love it. Anything else? No. Okay, no, well, fine. I think we're going to have to start closing off because it's almost game time. And we haven't made any jokes, so we better get to a funny game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, listen, I can't wait for this. Struggling here. Listen, but I'm also, I'm I'm also going to my, expose myself, so it's okay. Before we close off, um, I always like to ask the question, what signal is your antennas picking up? Where, what's the next? Comedy. Obviously. <laughs> okay, we That's all the know next that. Big thing. No, most definitely. But comedy, if you think about it, our industry is still brand new. Like, like I think we've had an industry, I'd say, what, 10 years? Maybe. Like, we've got the older guys that the have been around. Now, the way we see it now, just over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, whereas the rest of the world has had it for hundreds of years. Like, the people have been finding. So, I think it's, it's still a brand new thing. And I think, um, there's going to be a lot of collaboration that you're going to see mm. coming from the comedy industry, which is the next big thing. Love watch, that. Watch, watch that space. Watch space. Is something coming? Yes. I can, ah. Okay. What's it for you, Donovan? Um, so we've just opened our second comedy club in Melville. Which is what, seven days now? Yeah. yeah. It's officially seven days. It's a week old. Um, and it's been an interesting project for us, you know, because before we opened our first comedy club, you know, we were running a lot of different gigs around Joburg in spaces that didn't belong to us, you know. Uh, we got the opportunity to open Melrose Arch, you know, which was fantastic. We still don't believe it exists. And we felt that, um, you know, we needed to, to go back to the basics, you know, the tiny little room where it's just audience, a comedian on stage with none of the, you know, I, I hate to whistles. say it. Yeah, you know, um, no food. It's just straight pure comedy in out. And it, Melville, um, right now is going through such an interesting change and a beautiful change, you know, and Kate had a wonder, had wonderful foresight. She jumped in and she saw this thing coming to life and, um, we needed to be a part of it. And, you know, I think we're so surprised that. 
it's just working so quickly and it's it's so wonderful that this is what um, the community of Melville, number one, wanted, but I think surrounding areas and just people in general. So I think for us, um, you know, the future is uh, creating a lot more of these experiences on a bigger scale, you know. Um, right now it's Melrose Arch, it's Melville, you know, it could be another province, it could be um, another country, it could be another continent, who knows, you know, and or it could just be all online, you know, maybe it isn't a physical space that exists you know and that's the beauty of the entire thing so i think for us is just really this is a big learning curve for us um, because we're fully immersed in this and it's quite raw it takes us back to the beginning you know when we were hustling and trying to figure this thing out which is i think what we're doing now every single day so going forward um, i think a lot more of these on a bigger scale a lot more of us i think out there (laughs) yeah a lot more of us out there and um I think this, you know, getting this, this, this particular brand, this particular t-shirt, um, or this particular logo on the t-shirt out there, you know, telling the story. That's that. I want to wear one about. of those. We'll, we'll get you one. I want we'll to get, get you one. Okay. Nicholas will send you a yeah. yeah. department. Pride. In my chat to Kate. Pride, and <laughs> I will take pictures and share. Actually, I'll, yeah, I'm, I won't say what I'm going to do with it. Anyway. Um, I have an answer. I have an answer. There we go. There we go. There that's we go. why everything gets yeah, very hygienically. Yeah. No, I'm joking, man. <laughs> um, what I mean to say is, is that, uh, Jason, like for you in closing, what is the foresight for this business and for all of you going into the future? So, and, and this is why we make a good team. So Nick is, Nick is right. And I think that comedy in South Africa and Africa particularly is very fertile ground. Don is very right in terms of, I, I think, you know, fundamentally what our business sells is experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melrose Arts and Melville offer very distinct, very different, but both, I think, experiences that are on par with each other, especially if you're, a, if you're a lover of, of the art. Where I think it's going is, I mean, everybody's saying it, it's, it's content. Content, content, and, and more content. The world is, seems to be starved. You, you can't, you, you know, nobody, nobody can get enough content quickly enough, which is doing a couple of things. It's, I think that you, you know, I look at what these young kids, and I, I say that now because I'm, I'm 38. I'm the eldest of the bunch. Um, and, and when you I, you look the youngest. As if we, I, thank you very much. It's the good, <laughs> the good genes, fat don't, fat don't crack. Um, because his skin is stretched <laughs> over his body. Shut up. That's why just yeah. so tight. Yeah. But, uh, the, the point is this, and there's been, there's been so many technical changes that we as a business have to be be kind of conscious of so 10 years ago you know it it was easier to sell a ticket to a live experience than Uh it is today simply because there wasn't a lot of comedy and by that i mean if you think about it at the moment we are flooded with comedy you probably get 10 memes a day on whatsapp alone never mind the memes you see on 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 instagram facebook never mind the amount of comedy videos and if you want to watch a comedian you can watch me on your phone or any comedian in the world um on your phone right now so access to comedy has changed which which almost means the way we sell comedy has also got to change fortunately there's no there's no substitute yet and i'll say yet because you know technology is going to do crazy things but there's no substitute yet for the live experience so from a live point of view um our mandate as goliath and goliath is we often separate goliath and goliath the comedy business from the three comedians that kind of own the business in in the sense that goliath and goliath is first and foremost a comedy company uh first and foremost a a company that strives to deliver for the comedy industry and that's why we're proud to say that the, you know the the comics choice best friend of comedy has been handed out four times and we own three of those trophies so we've won best friend of the industry voted for by the peers in within the industry um we won it three years back to back and 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 that was just kind of the industry going we see that you guys are putting in the effort for us but we also are using as nick said comedy now to to kind of influence different types of content and create new types of content to mm. be consumed with comedy kind of as the core ingredient within 
in that. So it's it's exciting times. Are you going to see TV? Yes, you are. You're going to see uh, specialized digital content. Yes, you are. We're going to be making sure that not only are we delivering live, if you want to experience us, but you'll be able to experience us on all the different formats. And I think that any business that is not kind of forward thinking and future proofing itself in that in that way is a business that's going to fail because eventually. All people want is a bank of content so that they can watch you for as long as they want. They just want to binge on us and they want to Goliath and chill. <laughs> Goliath and chill. <laughs> okay, so I've been observing what's been happening in studio. So yeah. Donovan is sitting across me and I am noticing him doodling. And yeah, he's oh, always doodling. I love, I'm going to actually, we're going to take a picture of it. Yeah. Since we are talking about content and generating content, I'm going to put you up for a challenge. Yeah. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ogilvy and Joe Public United the other night on Friday night had a doodle evening where they had to do a thousand drawings. Yeah. Mm. And then they actually sold the drawings at this event. Oh, nice. Night of a thousand drawings. Night of a thousand drawings. Now you have doodled the most amazing sketches and phases and stuff. So we're going to share that on social media. We're going to tag you all in and we're going to challenge your audiences to doodle Something and then what can they win? A Goliath T-shirt. They will win a Goliath T-shirt and a one-year pass to any comedy show at the Goliath Comedy Club or Damn. Melville Comedy Club. So Woo-hoo! we'll give them we'll give them a one-year pass Damn. to two people, uh, and you can you can come as as many times as you want. That we're is not amazing. Really, if you work for the studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we are going to um, for, we're gonna. I think we must keep it going for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because th- that the episode people listening to the episode. Episode as well, and we're going to tag you, and it starts today, That's and we're going to tag and start the challenge of doodling and send your best doodle of the Goliath brothers. Absolutely, and then nice, I like that. Yeah, then so, yeah, so then then we'll give you we'll give you a, a t-shirt and a pass for two for one year. Okay. So we'll give you a his and hers t-shirt or his and his or hers and hers or his or yeah. whatever your yeah. vibes are. We'll give you two t-shirts yeah. Yeah. and then bring that person with you and come to the show and wear your t-shirts. Then we can say, hey, we saw you and you could, okay. Yeah. And then hey, be freeloaders. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hope okay. you're having lots of drinks. Freeloaders. <laughs> okay. So we must just take that away from, from Donovan. But he's still drawing, but now it's game time. Okay. So okay. now you're going to hear sound yeah, effects. I'm getting, I'm getting my brown bag. I've been hiding it. Okay. It brown, sounds brown bags just make me think of lunch. Okay, question. First one to answer. Who's the smartest out of the three of you? Jason Goliath. <gasps> what? That means you're getting the challenge. Ah, thank you very much. Okay, hang on. Sorry, Don, I tried. Okay, so we um, are going to play a game. You won because yeah. you're the uh, smartest. Yes, thank you. We are going to play a game called Watch Your Mouth. Now, Watch yeah. Your Mouth is a mouth guard that you put in your mouth and you yeah. look ridiculous. Yeah. Your spit is going to go all over the show. Amen. Um, you're going does. to anoint this place. And then yeah. the second thing is that you have to say a word that's on the card and we all have to guess what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> and please be very good at that. You're going to have a ticker that goes off. I'm just going to put my back down. I also would love to know how this thing is going to uh, be inserted. I, I don't know. Okay. So, like, I'm not sure how big you think my mouth is, but I don't know. How does <laughs> oh, it depends. I think it's flexible. No, but I'm, think how comedians does it, have big mouths. So. How, Okay, is it, is so it, you squash it, squash yeah. it in like that, okay. you fold it in, put yeah. it in your mouth, and it has yeah. to like, yeah, yeah, uh, uh. okay, and then pull it down. Okay. I pull this thing down. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. Okay, I got it. And then, okay, and then. Okay, pull the card out. Okay, and on your marks, 
Are you ready? Can you hear? Donovan, you have, no idea. You have okay. to partici- participate. All of okay. us. Okay. okay. On your marks, get set, go. Hit neck, hit knees, flat hand, flat hand. What? Hit necks make me flatulent. 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 Okay. Big Mac. Big Mac make me flatulent. I mean, come on. Buffalo 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 Bingo! Bingo! One of what? Bingo! 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 Mondays are masquerade and Holly. Mondays are masquerade and Holly. As Holly. And Mondays are Holly. Holly. Molly. Molly. Holly. Molly. 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 Pizza. Molly Pitcher! Molly Pitcher! Oh my god, I didn't even hear that! Matt Damon! Matt Damon! That was pretty awesome! That was awesome! You obviously have a great collaboration going here because you are in tune with each other, hey? We are are synchronized. You looked ridiculous. They are so ridiculous. (laughs) wonderful. Trying to decipher what I'm saying with my mouth full. (laughs) (laughs) Please put it in the bag and I'll clean it later. Yeah, yeah, I would. This is the most uncomfortable. Let's not clean it and then you do this challenge with somebody else. Let's find the next one. Okay, so. Don't don't smell this thing when you open the bag. Okay, next one. Okay. (laughs) Next one is 30 seconds. So, Donovan, Ooh. you get a card, one minute, and mm-hmm. we have to guess. And then, Nicholas, okay. you get a chance. Okay. Okay. So, <coughs> who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. okay. Donovan's going, and we're just going to wait for the cue on your marks. Get set. Go. Richest or oh, former richest man in the world, owner of Microsoft. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Um, a duo, fat guy, thin guy. Famous. Uh, Leonardo. Yes, yes. Um, an island, not the one that Jason went to, another popular Come one. It's, uh, you know, the little things you find on the beach? There we, there we go. Um, man, he acted in Basic Instinct. He was the, the man. Oh, that was so long ago and I never looked at the man. His brother. <laughs> His brother. That's even worse. No, no, Next. no. His father, actually. Um, the place where people Not get locked up. Jail. Yes. Um, where, what, what you stay in? Oh, jail cell. No, no, no. Cell. Jail house rock. Yes. Yes. The basic instinct guy. His um, father. Uh, isn't he the, the, his light didn't marry and in the sex? Okay. Family. What is, man, I, how do I get his surname? Um, Try and break it up for us. I can see his uh, face. Okay, okay. When you, when you have a spade and you do, yes. Douglas. Michael Douglas. I could picture his face. Kirk. 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 Uh, Jailhouse Rock, I, though. Isn't Kirk Jail like with uh, Goldie Horn? Isn't it? No? No, that's uh, Kurt. I was just oh, about to say, you're oh, asking Russell. the wrong okay. people, but Don, yeah. obviously. I'm terrible at this Don game. I'm so glad that I'm like, No, wrong side. Don. And you see the synergies going on here. Like, the, oh, you went to this holiday. Like, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to go and stalk you on social to play the next one. Okay. Let's go. All right. Next one. Three. Are we ready? Yes, sir. Three, two, two 
One, go. Go! Okay. Um, the guy that arrived here and then did the, the terrible thing. Yes. Um, the horse, the horse race that happens in, at the coast. Yeah, in July. Yeah, July. Yes. yes. Um, the short, funny guy, you, you played the... Alfred Ntombela. No. Um, he, played, he, he played the, 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 the penguin in Batman. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Danny DeVito. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, you know Radebe, the comedian. Luke, uh, the, uh, no, no, no. Uh, no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The comedian Sia. from Durban. No, it's not. It's not. See, it's e. no man. It's Radebe. His name. The guy from Durban. He's a young guy, fresh up and coming. You don't know the young okay, guy. Okay, never mind. <laughs> you um, um, not Mister, but Miss. Miss. Um, and then when you steal from someone, you are robbing them. Yes, but now make it a surname. Robbing. 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 Robbinson. Robbinson. Mrs. Robinson. Not Mrs. Robinson. Not son. Not Mrs. Mrs. Roberts. Not Mrs. Roberts. Not Mrs. Roberts. Mrs. Roberts. No, not Robert. What is it? It's Mrs. Robinson. That's what I said. You said Robertson. But I mean, I may have said both. No, you said Robertson several times. <laughs> and then the guy from, from Durban, his name is Kwanda Radebe. No, we um, but then the Sorry, Kwanda. No, no, no. But the thing was actually Rwanda. Then I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> a place that rhymes with... <laughs> 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 oh my never have gotten there. <laughs> it was actually Rwanda. <laughs> oh my God. That was no, so cool. I'm sorry. Movie hotel. <laughs> Listen, I feel like I've had um, exercises for my tummy. I think I'm going to have abs after this one, this episode. Thank you so much. And um, in closing to all of our guests, we just want to say... Keep future fit, work on collaboration, learn from these guys and keep your businesses future fit and watch out how you can embed change within your organization. Cheers, and guys. Salute. And love more. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, man. This was a great experience. It was awesome, awesome man. You, yeah. See you at the comedy club. Shopping away. Okay, thank bye. you. To our amazing audiences around the world, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please take a moment to review and rate your favorite episodes, which will help others find us. You mean the world to me, and I thank you for being part of my journey to get people future fit. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. For show notes and more episodes, visit solidgoldstudios.co.za slash Carmen Murray.